Blog Talk Radio. There was a time I was so afraid, so scared to do what I wanted. In looking back, I can see all the mistakes that I made, and I wish that I Talk to me and tell me I can change. Don't be afraid. Just walk with your head up high. Don't be afraid. Just take it one step at a time. Don't give up on your dreams no matter how small. I almost, there you go. Hi, it's Monica Richardson, and this is Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. And today is May 27th, 2014, and it's in the evening back east. So good evening to everybody back east if you're listening, and if you're in the UK, I think it's in the middle of the night. I'm not sure what, but we are going to try to finish. I don't know if I can do it in another hour because we do have Chapter 6, 7, eight and nine to cover all these spiritual and God references. And there are a lot. There, it's over 500 times a reference to God, him, or higher power. So we're on chapter six. I did the last one with Matthew Lecter, and I did the first one with Laura Tompkins. Thank you to both of you for doing that, those shows with me. It was a lot of fun. And I'm just doing this one alone, but I did ask if people wanted to call in, and this is what I'd like. Um, not for long conversations with each person, but if you want to call in and say, Alcoholics Anonymous is, like dot, 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 what, is, what it is to you today, so it sort of could be like a one-liner or sort of a soundbite, or why it's so religious to you, uh, and you know, maybe we have some pro-A listeners out there, which I kind of doubt, but what Alcoholics Anonymous really is, and I'll tell you, you know, I just came back from interviewing a pilot and a doctor and John Hill in Sacramento who exposed that there's no background checks done on counselors in rehab and treatment in California. It's the only big state like ours that, that doesn't do a background check. All And so sex offenders have gotten jobs. And, man, if you haven't read his report, just Google John Hill. He's uh, on the uh, Oversight, Senate Oversight Committee, his office is right across from the Capitol building, and we got a great interview with him. And He's a great guy. He also wrote another really great report prior to that called Rogue Rehab, which will also blow your mind um, of what's really going on and how, how AA got in and developed you know, the fact that there weren't any checks and balances in rehabs and certainly none for sober living, but we're talking places where there should be and there isn't. So. That's another whole story, but here we go. So into action. I want to say welcome to everybody out there. There's a caller in the queue already. I don't know who it is. If you hang in there, I'm not sure if you want to talk, but uh, let me see here. Let me just write this down. 
I want to say, you know, as I start in, into action, is chapter 6. Having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? We have been trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our Creator, and to discover the obstacles in our path. Okay, so right off, we have, we have to get a relationship with our Creator. Okay, that's way religious. We have admitted certain defects. Okay, it goes on and on. And then it says here, um, this requires action on our part, which, when completed, will mean that we have admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our defects. So again, God, so say somebody is an atheist, I don't know how they're going to work that, or if they're a Muslim, or you know, if they're Hindus. I mean, anyway. Um, this, this is bringing us to the fifth step of the program of recovery. Well, this is where it calls it a program of recovery, actually. Yeah, this brings us to the fifth step in the program of recovery mentioned in the preceding chapters. Okay, then at the bottom of this page, it says, the best reason first, if we skip this final step, we may not overcome drinking. Well, I want to say, like, how does he know that? Because, like, he created this on the fly. Well, he like, kind of stole it from the Oxford movement. Then he created the stuff. He, like, you know, met the guy in 35, and this book gets, you know, published in 39. So we have, like, a maybe a two-year period of span that, that was going on here. So when was the research done? You know, when, when did he, like, you know, if that, when did he find out if you skip this vital step that you're not going to overcome drinking? Um, time after time, newcomers have tried to keep to themselves certain facts about their lives. Oh, now we have to, like, purge, and we really have to, like, you know, tell us, this part is so sick, this part makes me so mad about, what I think I was uh, uh, dealing with as an 18 and 19-year-old, nobody under 21 should be allowed an Alcoholics Anonymous. If I had my way, no one. You can't drink till you're 21 because stay the fuck out of an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting with the, uh, the kind of people that are in there. Mm-mm. You should be like uh, nobody under 25, I think is what my son said. I think that's a good number. Uh, trying to avoid this humbling experience, they have turned to easier methods. Almost invariably, they got drunk. So this is like, there was no vetting here either. So that if you don't humble yourself, they invariably got drunk. Well, what are you talking about? Like 50 people, 100 people? It goes on here. They only thought they had lost their egotism and fear. They only thought, and of course he italicized these words, they had humbled themselves, but they had not learned enough of humility fearlessness and honesty in the sense we find it necessary until told someone else all their life story. Wow. Okay. It sounds a little bit like Scientology to me there. Um, more than most people, the alcoholic leads a double life. Really? Really? This is Bill, I guess. He's talking about himself. And he goes on about the, how he's an actor. And then I'm going to go right to my cheat sheets here because, um, let's see, it's all about God. So uh, let me see where we are. It is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announces that we have gone religious, reminding ourselves that we have decided to go to any lengths to find a spiritual experience. Uh, We ask that we be given strength, direction to do the right thing, no matter what the personal consequences may be. Wait, wait, wait. So you have to do the right thing, but no matter what your your person is, that doesn't kind of make sense to me. How about you? I mean, does that make sense to you? Uh, If we have obtained permission, have consulted with others, ask God to help, and the drastic is indicated we must not shrink. Now, I'm just going to go on because now I have it condensed. We are sorry for what we have done, and God willing, 
it shall not be repeated. The next one is, each might pray about it, having the other one's happiness uttermost in mind. Okay, the other people are, are more important than we are. So we can clean house with the family, asking each morning in meditation that our Creator show us the way of patience, tolerance, kindliness, and love. The spiritual life is not a theory. Unless one's family expresses a desire to live upon spiritual principles, we think we ought not to urge them. Well, that's a good idea. Uh, I don't think that goes on in meetings, though. We should not talk incessantly to them about spiritual matters. They will change in time. Oh, really? Okay, so, you know, you're not going to do it, but you expect them, they're going to come around to believers. Now, you know, I am a person of faith. I believe in God. But, you know, this whole process of what I've gone through has actually really kind of changed and I don't want to say tainted my belief in God, but I'm really respectful of people who don't believe in God and respectful to people who are atheists and not try to push my beliefs on them, which I'm sure I did before, or at least I wasn't as tolerant or understanding of atheists as, or non-believers as I am today. So I just want to throw that in there. Um, we suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Wow. I mean, you know, even... In the old days, like people really believed that it was us who had to go into the field and we had to like do the hard work and that maybe God was like, you know, the rain part of the work. But we, you know, we couldn't bring down the rain and we can't bring on the wind. But, uh, you know, we certainly can go out there and we have to plant the seeds and we have to till the soil. So uh, mm-hmm. we have entered the world of the spirit. When these crop up, we ask God at once to remove them. But, you know, I've got to tell you that asking God to remove them actually doesn't really work very well. Much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him who has all knowledge and power. If, oh, man, this is really getting evangelical. All right. If we have carefully followed directions, we have begun to sense the flow of his spirit. Well, what about her spirit? <laughs> oh, Man, I love those meetings, those, you know, regional general service meetings where women were finally going, you know, this book is really misogynistic. It's really like, you know, why is it always him and his spirit and all that stuff? You know, well, it's because it was written in the 1930s at a time where women were not even allowed to drink in the famous Sazerac bar in New Orleans. Like, you couldn't drink there until you, in the 1960s. So this is a really outdated program. To some extent... We have become God-conscious. We have begun to develop this vital sixth sense. Step 11 suggests prayer and meditation. We shouldn't be shy on this matter of prayer. Better men than us were using it constantly. Before we, we begin, we ask God to direct our thinking. Especially, well, what happens when you do that and nothing happens? You know what I mean? Like, what about then? People with 10, 20 years are still asking nothing's happening especially asking that it be divorced from self-pity, dishonest, or self-seeking motives. Oh, like those kind of like sexual predators are in Alcoholics Anonymous? I don't think they do any part of this program here. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculties with assurance. For after all, God gave us brains to use. Oh, well, here's still a good line. That's a good line. I used to use this one all the time, actually, when people talk to me about, you know, just this sort of thing. Here we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought or decision. We constantly remind ourselves we are no longer running the show. Oh, really? Like, who else is running my life? I don't know. It's, you know what I mean? It's just really, ay ay ay. Humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, I will be done, I will be done, I will be, uh, oh my God. It's like chanting for them. 
So we let God discipline us in a simple way we have just outlined. Really, God is disciplined. This is so strange. Faith without works is dead. Well, that, that's, they stole that. That's just taken, you know, faith without works is dead. He, he didn't make that up. Our next step is to be that we be given whatever we need to take care of such problems. Okay, there's a couple in, in, things in there that make sense uh, if you're a person of faith. And, um, but we're not going to give him too much credit. There's just a little bit. I'm going to see what the caller on the line. Hi, caller. You're live. Can I have your name, please? Hi, my name's Amy. Hi, Amy. How you doing? I'm very excited to see that you are researching and working on this topic, especially the fact that AA has become an umbrella for sexual predators. Mm-hmm. A lot of the women that are addicted to drugs and alcohol that end up going through treatment programs, they're also suffering from PSD because they've been in very unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. And so they get out of treatment and they go into AA and they're hit on men that are just waiting there for them mm-hmm. that utilize them for their needs and then these girls go back out drinking or using or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple points about AA. I've actually been sober 22 years. Mm-hmm. I've stayed sober with some of the aspects of AA, um, there are some good things about AA, but not enough to keep me there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've stayed sober with a few of the aspects from AA and things that I've researched and found on my own. Um, I kind of wonder what AA could be if it was updated and utilized more properly. I don't think mm-hmm. it's right for people to be sent to AA through the court systems mm-hmm. when when there's no protocol for AA, there's no rules, there's no idea who's in the doors. I mean, are 15-year-old children being sent to AA meetings? Uh, uh, 16-year-old are. Yeah, I, I know somebody who's yeah. was 16. And that's not right. There's predators in the room. There's sexual mm-hmm. predators. Um I'm going to bring up a point for you. One of the first things that you're told when you go to AA, and I, I heard you reading stuff out of the book, is that you're supposed to find a sponsor, and you're supposed to find a good sponsor. But mm-hmm. yet they tell you that your brain is broken, and you have a broken ticker. You can't make good decisions for yourself. Mm-hmm. But the minute you get there, you get out there, and you find yourself a good sponsor, and you do that all by yourself. I mean, that just doesn't make sense there. If your no. brain's broken, there should be a professional there helping you find good sponsorship. Mm-hmm. If you study AA, AA is just a mixture of lots of psychology mixed up together, reworded different ways. If you read books back of the time, the power of positive thinking and different things like that, you'll find all that right. stuff mixed up in the AA. It's mm-hmm. nothing new. Um, some of the things that you were reading about the way people are when they come in there, most of those people came from dysfunctional households where they weren't taught anything to start with and you cannot have skills that you were never taught. Right. So basically you come into AA and you're told that you don't have this and you don't have that when nobody ever taught it to you in the first place. And if you study shame, shame is a big thing. So basically you come into AA and you're shamed. 
You're mm-hmm. shamed and you're shamed because you grew up in a crappy household or whatever led you to your problems with either behavioral problems or addiction. Um, self-love is the foundation for anyone to get better from any almost anything that is not like cancer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like you were mentioning, that um, there's not a lot of encouragement there at times. Mm-hmm. And I have a real issue with the fact that in the book it constantly refers to men. Mm-hmm. And women, women, it's very outdated for women. The book needs to be um, rewritten, updated. It needs to be respectful of women and different cultural races and whatnot. Um, Where are you from, Amy? What part of the country? I am from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. When did you leave? How many years ago? Um. You know, I've I've went to AA off and on since I was probably like 15. Wow. And when I was in my 20s, I started really, my early 20s, I started really seriously thinking about quitting drinking, just Mm -hmm. totally giving up that lifestyle. And I was going to meetings, and the men at the meetings were showing up at my house and Oh. coming by and calling and, you know, I I was kind of a pretty young girl. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys were like in their 40s and they had a lot of years of sobriety and they mm-hmm. were there, they were going out of their way to take advantage of me. Now, I will say that there were some really good people there. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the bad seeds in there really ruin it for a lot of the newcomers that are coming in there. And what's sad is is that people in those rooms are looking the other way and they're allowing that to keep going on. Right. You know, it's an honesty-based program, but their values of honesty are different when it comes to the 13-stepping, which, by the way, can go both ways. There Mm -hmm. are older women in there or women of all ages that take advantage of men that are coming in there financially or any way they can. But the majority of it is is male, you Mm -hmm. know. Um, And then if you start talking about Al-Anon, then you start talking about a whole other issue about where people, a lot of women are taught just to tolerate and how to put up with abuse. Um, Right, right. And then... so I quit going to AA when I was in my 20s, oh, and wow. I I went back to AA when I was in my early 40s um, after I went through a divorce, mm-hmm. and my phone literally just rang off the hook with guys calling me. They just would not leave me alone. Um, I couldn't. I absolutely couldn't believe it. I don't go to a whole lot of meetings anymore. There's a couple meetings that I found that are actually really nice meetings, and I do go a couple times a month still. Mm-hmm. Um, I weed out what's in the book. You know, um, I I take what works for me, which is a small portion. I study a lot of different things. Right now, mm-hmm. Brianne Brown has some really good information on shame and has written... I think, close to 10 books. And mm-hmm. there's just things have come so far 
since that book was written. And, you know, the reality of the situation, when I get to know people in AA that are doing well in AA, their life isn't focused around that book. They take the book with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. And basically they're working their 12 steps and whatever. There are some people's higher power is a doorknob. You well, know, that can't really be. I mean, yeah, and there's, the higher power can't be a doorknob, but um, you know, some it, it's an inner. Some people to be a monkey or a doorknob. No, but it, or, well, no we're, I mean, I have to. You know, we have to talk here because it can't be like it's a it's a piece of wood. It's just a dense piece of wood. I mean, if people right. believe, if, if Native Americans believe in their beliefs, there's there's stuff that can be different than you know an Anglo Christian religion and be really different. Or if someone believes that there's things that are more powerful than them in the universe. That's real, right. but a doorknob isn't, and to get, make, you know what I mean? It just but isn't. So people in there that do it, you know, and, and oh, one I, of the things you're looking at when you go into the, some of those meetings, some of the craziest people you've ever met in your life are in those meetings. Yeah, well, I, I don't uh, want to be in there anymore. The only time I'll go in there is just to do <laughs> some action of safety with other people, but Thank you for calling in, Amy. It was really great. You said a lot of great things, and I appreciate yeah, you calling. Do you um, have any type of degree or anything? Uh, I am. Do I have any degree? No, I'm an ex-stepper. Do you study psychology or recovery or any of those kind of things? No, I'm an ex-stepper who was in the program for 36 years, and I'm really an actress and a singer-songwriter. That's what I studied in well, I'm really glad that you're touching this topic. The best thing for everybody would be if the program was completely overhauled. And the only way anything's ever going to change is if somebody talks about it. So I'm glad you're doing it because very oh, few people Oh, thank you. Would. Thank you, Amy. I really appreciate so, you calling in. you have in. a you're great good. day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so that was Amy calling in from Nebraska. I think it was. I don't know where. It's. There we go. Uh, wow. All right. So we're going to move on. Good points. Really, really good points. In fact, if you're listening and you're interested, there is a Facebook page that is trying to, you know, if somebody, what's the wording? I can't remember the name of the page, but to, re- you know, renovate. <laughs> That's not the right word. To <laughs> make AA better or to change it, update it. There's a group that wants to do that. And, uh, you know, I actually, even when I was still in it at the end, I kind of, you know, I could see maybe I tried seeing of like a way to update it with another woman I was friends with. And we both like worked on ideas, but the more that I did it, the more like I rewrote the steps and thought about, okay, let's do a version like of the steps that is not religious at all and more empowering. And I wrote those up and then I did ones that were, you know, uh, re- religious like they are, but make them more empowering, take out the powerless stuff. But at the end of the day, most of the book, there are like like you said, there's like a couple of there's a couple of things in there that are okay, but most of it is not. I mean, I would say 95% of it would need to be chucked and start over. But uh, that's just my opinion. So here we go, chapter seven, working with others. Um, stress the spiritual, feature freely. If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it empathetic, make it empathic that he what? Make it emphatic, sorry, that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. Uh he can choose any conception he likes, provided it makes sense to him. 
I guess this is where the doorknob would come in or the light bulb, or which, which we know is definitely not true. The main things is that he will be willing to believe. Okay, so here it is. We're going to stop. This is like I'm sure why it's been deemed highly religious in 25 states already. If you don't know that, that's what AA is called. Highly religious, in quotes, is what's been written in the lawsuits. 25 states, half of the United States. The main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. Holy fuck. Oh, yeah. There, nobody... The First Amendment rights are that, you know, you cannot coerce someone to a religion, that we have a thing called the separation of church and state. But i got to tell you guys, the thing that I've learned in the last couple of months, you know, really, really getting by interviewing a pilot, a doctor, and I'm going to interview another doctor, is how embedded Alcoholics Anonymous is in our government it's like, a, it is not a government institution, but it has become, it is an institution like football. AA is so entrenched with our judicial system, with the court system, with medicine, with the FAA even, the Federal Aviation. That's, they're even coercing big time pilots to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. And when I read this, and I look here and I go, okay, all right. Um, he must live by spiritual principles. Fuck you. No, 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 no. You can't do that in the United States. Or, I don't know, maybe that's why George Bush was such good friends with um, the Saudi Arabians, because that's what they believe in Saudi Arabia. They believe that you can, well, you have to, they, you know, their whole thing is, I think women can't even, oh, my God, the things the women over there can't even do. Whatever, we don't even want to go there. All right. Um, when dealing with such a person, you had better, you had better uh, use everyday language to describe spiritual principles so you can really manipulate them. Is that why, Bill? You know, so you can feather them and then hit them over the head with the hammer later? There is no use arousing any prejudice that he might have against certain theological terms and conceptions about which he may already be confused. Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination. Oh, he's a prospect now. His religious education and training may be far superior to yours. He may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. What? Okay, all right. Now, this is where Bill Wilson is really, like, loses his shit. I don't think he was taking LST yet, but listen to this. All right. Um, he may be an example of the truth that faith alone is insufficient. To be vital, faith must be accompanied by self-sacrifice and unselfish, constructive action. Oh, like Bill Wilson did. Hmm, let me see here. I don't think so, Bill. Let him see that you are not there to instruct him in religion. Admit that he probably knows more about it than you do, but call to his attention the fact that however deep his faith and knowledge, he could not have applied it or he would not drink. Okay, so now you're telling him, that, the, that his own faith didn't work, but now he only needs your help. Okay. Listen, guys, if you want to watch a really funny video, you go online. Maybe I can cut and paste it into this chat page. But it's you put into YouTube, Marty Man talks about Alcoholics Anonymous, and it is really, really funny. I think I've played it on here before. Um, we represent, let's see, we were dealing only with, here we go. Uh, we represent no particular faith or denomination, just some made-up crap, okay? 
We are dealing only with general principles common to most denominations. Never talk down to an alcoholic from a moral or spiritual hill- hilltop. Simply lay out the spiritual kit, the kit, the kit of spiritual tools for his inspection. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way, or prefers some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked with us. Should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there is, oh my God, you know what, this is like already, like I'm getting dizzy just like listening to how much God, God, you know, I mean, imagine what it's like for somebody um, to... I am going to find this piece on YouTube, and I'm going to play it because I listened to this piece like 10 times, and I never heard the way that I heard it the other day when I played it for my editor. By the way, we've begun to edit the film. And uh, Okay, here it is. Uh, So if you Google Alcoholics Anonymous, Marty Mann, here we go. Alcoholics Anonymous and other organizations combating alcoholism are gaining ground bringing to the public a sense of the true nature of the problem through such spokesmen as the director of the National Committee for Education on Alcoholism. This is Marty Mann. Okay, but I'm going to stop this. So in the opening, I know you can't see this now, but the opening of that, it talks about a scientific approach. This is how they fed this to them. Marty Mann, John Knockhawks Anonymous, I guess, in, I think it was 1944. So they talk about it being a scientific approach. And watch how they bait and switch us. Okay, here we go. Alcoholism has too long been a taboo subject, just as tuberculosis used to be 40 years ago. We're trying to teach people the truth, that alcoholism is a disease, and that because it is a disease, it should have no stigma attached to it. Alcoholics should be dealt with like other sick persons, in hospitals and clinics, not in jails. Alcoholism, America's fourth greatest public health problem, can be solved by community action. The National Committee stands ready to help your community plan such action. Science has not yet fully explained the inner mechanisms of the problem drinker. So then it tells you that science, right, we just heard what he said, that science hasn't, you know, figured out what's the inner mechanisms of of alcoholism. Well, we know now in 2014 that we have naltrexone, which is in the Sinclair method, and that's really helpful to very, very heavy drinkers uh, who get up in the morning and they're drinking. And, by the way, Claudia Christian has a film that's done, and I think she's looking for distribution. It's called One Little Pill. Claudia Christian, look on Facebook, One Little Pill. I've seen the film. It's not released yet. It's fantastic. There's seven other free options. Smart recovery is for abstinence-based, but you can go there even if you don't want to do abstinence. Moderation management, harm reduction, HAMS harm reduction, and SOS, Secular Organizations for Sobriety, uh, Jim Christopher's. All right, so now we have a picture of two guys with the suits and the big hats from the 19... Looks like this was made in the 50s. And they're standing outside. I'm not sure what it is. Hold on. Here we go. But today it has been demonstrated through experience that the sympathy and understanding of one alcoholic can help reclaim another, and that in such brotherhood lies many an alcoholic's last, best hope. You think you're stuck. You think you're through. Well, you're not. You may not be able to help yourself. There are plenty of us to help you. 
if you really want it to. Time marches on. Wow, you may not be able to help yourself, but we can. And then what comes into the screen is a book, and it's the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And talk about that's huge promotion. I don't know where this aired. But right before that, when I said the guys are standing outside, they walk into a building that looks like an old hospital, and, of course, a nurse walks by them, so you think they're walking into a hospital, and they're going into 12-step, this guy. And so let's hear the final. That's it. Okay. So, you know, uh, I just had to uh, put that in there. Uh, crazy, crazy stuff about in one hand. So what I got from it the other day that I had never noticed was how they were presenting that we have a scientific solution. And then, well, wait a second. You have a scientific solution, but you can't help yourself. But some lay guys that are going to come out in their trench coats, these guys off the street, they're the only answer. And because of that, I'm uncovering some stuff about how what what are the non regulations that are in rehab and treatment and uh it's pretty scary that how many rehab and treatment places uh don't have real therapists and real doctors working there that it's just all uh twelve steppers uh and people are dying in in those places and getting sexually harassed in those places so back to the god references. Um, chapter seven. Uh, where the heck was I? Uh, do not. It was in a, 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 a spiritual. Oh yeah, here it was. Here's. I had to stop reading it. It just felt like it was such nonsense. <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there is a much better chance that the head of the family will recover. Hmm. Some of us have taken some hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people. Ahead of dependence on God, well, if I was a judge, I'd say, okay, this line, guys, you can't send anybody highly religious, boom. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people instead of a dependence on God. Now, that's, like, ridiculous. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. He should concentrate on his own spiritual demonstration. Oh, this is so heavy, heavy, heavy-handed. Both you and the new man must walk. Oh, here we go with his musts. Must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. Oh, really? Is that what these, like, you know, mother whatever flockers are doing at these meetings when they're, like, 13-stepping and they're molesting children and they're raping women and the women are... Is that what they're doing? They're looking for on the path of... They're walking hand in hand with spiritual progress? I don't think so. But be sure you are on a solid spiritual ground before you start and that your motive is going is thoroughly good. Keep on the firing line of life with these motives and God will keep you unharmed. To watch people recover, to see them help others, to watch loneliness vanish, to see a fellowship grow up about you, you have a host of friends, this is an experience you must not miss. I think I wished that I would have missed it. Trust me. Oh, yeah. That my life would be really fucking different. What do you think? After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. People have said we must.
must not go where liquor is served. We must not have it in our homes. We must shun friends or drink. We must avoid moving pictures which show drinking scenes. We must not go into bars. Our friends must hide their bottles if we go into their houses, and we mustn't think or be reminded about alcohol at all. Wow, that was pretty sickening. Okay, here we are, 818-475-9211. I'll take another call if anybody wants to call in and say Alcoholics Anonymous is dot, dot, dot. What is Alcoholics Anonymous? Or you want to talk about is Alcoholics Anonymous spiritual or is it highly religious, which has been deemed that in the courts in 25 states. Here we go. Chapter 8. Okay, the power of God goes deep. Okay, here I go with my gavel. I don't think they use gavels anymore, but I'm going to use that as my gavel and say, you know what, every time that there is a line that just sounds so like I am in a church and you are a preacher, I'm going to just go like that. So the power of God goes deep. There we go. If such women adopt a spiritual way of life, their road will be smoother. Time after time, this apparent calamity has been a boon to us, for it opened up a path which led to the discovery of God. We have elsewhere remarked how much better life is when lived on a spiritual plane. Now look, I don't have anything wrong with religion. People, you know, I think that there's stuff about some religions, and I'm like, wow, it's like really crazy you believe that or whatever, but... I think there are many, many really good people that go to religion, you know, they go to church and they go to temple and they go to synagogue and there's a lot of good, good things about church, temple and religion for those who it helps. There's many people of faith that are great people and uh, that's not the issue here. The issue is that our government is not sending people to the synagogue or the temple where they might actually learn some good things if they want to learn about God and they want to learn about religion. But you can't, as far as our First Amendment says, that we have a separation of church and state, the Establishment Clause, but yet they're doing it in every city, in every state, all over the United States, every day. That has to stop. And people need to be empowered, and they need to know that if you get a DUI, that you tell your lawyer, no, I'm not going to AA, it's highly religious, and I want to go to Smart Recovery, Moderation Management, or SOS, and Women for Sobriety, wherever it exists, and say, I'm going there, and you cannot force me, and so you, we're going to deal with this just like that. That's plain and simple. Or ask to go to the, you know, uh, the MAD program. There's something like that. You can go for just one day. If you need to, you know, get in touch with me, if anybody has an issue and you live in Los Angeles and you want somebody to help you, uh, you can contact me at makeaasafer at gmail.com. Uh, all right, here we go. On and on here with the spiritual things. Let's see. Um, uh, the power of God. Okay, we did that part there. If God can resolve the age-old riddle of alcoholism, he can solve your problems too. Hmm. As our husbands began to apply spiritual principles to their lives, we began to see the desirability of doing so too. But it was a silly idea that we were too good to need God. Oh, this is to the wives. Oh, good Lord. What a, what a ridiculous chapter. Now we try to put spiritual principles to work in every department of our lives, cooking and cleaning and even talking like Marty Mann. <laughs> we urge you to try our program for nothing will be so helpful to your husband as a radically changed attitude toward him, which God will show you you can have. Hmm. 
the faith and sincerity of both you and your husband will put you to the test. If your husband is trying to live on a spiritual basis, he will also be doing everything in his power to avoid disagreement or contention. Your husband will see at once that I feel like I'm reading like a you know like a 1950s like school book or something right now. Here we go. All right, um, place the problem along with everything else in God's hands. So to you out there who who may be with us, we say good luck and God bless you. Our next thought is that you should never tell him what he must do about his drinking. Wait until repeated stumbling convinces him he must act. For the more you hurry him along, the uh, you, the more you hurry him, the longer his recovery may be delayed. Hmm. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. But you must be on guard not to embarrass or harm your husband. Often you must carry the burden of avoiding them or keeping them under control. Your husband will see at once that he must redouble his spiritual activities if he expects to survive. Oh, now why? He can't even survive unless he goes for those spiritual activities. So we have some people in the chat room. Hi, everybody. I don't see anybody's name. Everybody's in there um, anonymously. So hi there. Welcome to the show. My, I'm Monica Richardson, and this is Safe Recovery on Blog Talk Radio. I think that we are going to actually get through all of the chapters. We have 18 minutes left, so here I go. Chapter 10, this is to the employers. Say that you know about state what you know about his that you know about his drinking. Wait, let me say that over again. State that you know about his drinking and that it must stop. Not that we know that you seems like you have a problem and we'd like to offer you some tools. Maybe you could learn about harm reduction. You could learn about moderation. No, right away, you must stop. Though you are providing him with the best possible medical attention, he should understand that he must undergo a change of heart. Wow. All right. Let's let's back up here. <laughs> though are you though you are providing him with the best possible medical attention, AA is medical attention. Uh, I don't. Oh, they're saying the employers. Really? Okay. Um, he should also understand that he must undergo a change of heart. When the man is presented with this volume, it is best that no one tell him he must abide by his, its suggestions. Now, let me just talk about this word suggestions, because in the book, we also, besides pulling all the God references, spiritual hymn and stuff, I pulled out all the musts, and it's a lot. So I did a show a few weeks ago about the musts, but all this is going in my film. So, you know, it really, the musts are just crazy. It's not, it's, it either is or it isn't. You know what I mean? And then in the 12 by 12, it's like, oh, it's just all a suggestion. You know, just do what you want. Oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, that's what they really mean. The man, they, if, that, if that's what they mean, then they should rewrite a new book and tell all the people in the program today who are bossing people around and telling people that they must write every step out and every step you have to write on and you have to, you know, go through every, you know, step with your sponsor and they'll actually write down your character defects for you. I mean, they have created, I was talking to this woman in Sweden uh, who was from Sweden who told me how you were really supposed to work the 12 steps now. And I was like, Really? Well, no, you don't write anything but one step. Oh, no, no, you have to go through it this way and this way. And NA has their book, and then there's ACA. They have their book, too. And, and I was like, oh, my God. Okay, here we go. The man must decide for himself, for he knows he must be honest if he would live at all. He, he, he knows he must be honest. Oh, they're so crazy. <laughs> the thing that's so sad is that I believe this shit once. Okay? Like... A good part of it, 
not in the beginning. Like there's some parts that I didn't believe I was powerless, and then, oh my God, it's just so pathetic. It's just so ridiculous. I don't, I don't understand how that happened. But you know what makes me feel better is that I had an attorney send me a private email, and he said, you know, Monica, I see your posting about how. Like you feel like, how did this happen? What the fuck? I'm really smart. I'm really tough. I'm really independent. Did I buy into this bullshit? How ever did this fucking happen to me? And he said, I went to the best law school. I'm highly educated. Uh, I went to whatever. I don't know what's the best law school in the world. Is it Yale? Is it? And he said, it happened to me too. I got so brainwashed. I believe this shit. And, um, and you know what? I'm just saying this. His email helped me. That email made me just go, wow. You know what? You're right. It can happen to anybody. It can be vulnerable. Anybody can be taken advantage of. Anybody can be, I guess so. You know, I guess there's some people who are really super independent, really kind of, uh, they're never going down that road. And, and I, you know, now my hat's really off to them. I really, I'm like, wow, that's so awesome. But um, chapter nine, the family afterwards, I'm sure this is really going to be a fucked up chapter, so hang on to your seats here. God, they believe, almost owes this recompense on a long overdue account. Oh my God, this doesn't make any sense. Um, Cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. Okay, so the dark past is the greatest possession you have. No, it's not. It's not, no, it's not. And I think maybe this is a key to what's so sick about AA today is that you're, you know, recounting and recounting of really, really, really sick, sick shit that should never be spoken in rooms full of strangers and rooms full of sex offenders and children or teenagers and women sharing all this crap in a room full of people who don't really give a shit. You know, there might be a few, but I got to tell you, I live in Los Angeles, and you go to a big, big meeting, and you're going to have most of the percentage of that meeting does not give a shit about what someone is saying. Um, wow, it's really weird. In the first flush of spiritual experience, they forgave each other and drew closer together. The miracle of reconciliation was at hand. No, oh, God, he's sounding so evangelical here. I mean, it's like you could just see him, you know. I mean, ugh. God, they criticize, pointing out how he is falling down on his spiritual program. If they sense these things, they will not take so seriously his periods of crankiness, depression, or apathy, which will disappear when there is tolerance, love, and spiritual understanding. For us, material well-being always followed spiritual progress. It never proceeded. What? Is that why he had nothing and, and, and made up a bullshit company that he sold stock when he didn't, it would be called fraud today and he'd put in jail for what he did with his stupid little company? Wow, do you guys know that? Yeah, if you, even if you, if you take the tour of Stepping Stones, which I did a couple of years ago, I mean, they even explained that he created a made-up company and sold stock that didn't, it, it, he didn't do it right. He, you know what I mean? The, he just got a fake, he just got those little pieces of paper back then and sold it. Uh... Man, and also, let's talk about Bill and his depression. I'm going to reread this sentence. If they sense things, that these things, uh, they will not take so seriously, his periods of crankiness and depression or apathy. So, you know, how come for Bill that tolerance, love, and spiritual understanding didn't just come from, you know, being such a 13-stepper or a 12-stepper that he was, uh, that he was Mr. AA, and he eventually you know, gave in to trying LSD, which they found was working for depression. 
and it was working out. They're, you're trying it again uh, in use for addiction, and it, it is working. Uh, and I think I know why it's working because you really, I mean, you can't hide from who you are when you take acid. It just there's no hiding from anything. You just kind of see yourself or who and what you are. And you know, if it scares the shit out of you, you got to face it. But uh, he was taking that in the 50s. And um, as LSD, I was just reading something about LSD where somebody got arrested and was put away for a really long time. Uh, and then Bill Wilson had to stop taking it because, you know, of course, it would, would have ruined the reputation of, oh, my God, the holy grail of Alcoholics Anonymous and the golden standard of Alcoholics Anonymous and on and on and on at nauseum. Um, for for us, material well-being always followed the spiritual progress. It never proceeded. So this is where like the hippy dippy bullshit came in. That you know we had to be spiritual first and then want material things later. It's like yeah, Bill. Yeah, sure. Okay, whatever. Assume on the other hand that Father has at the outset a stirring spiritual experience. He becomes a religious enthusiast. There is talk about spiritual matters morning, noon, and night. He may demand that the family find God in a hurry or exhibit amazing indifference to them and say he is above worldly considerations. He may tell mother who has been religious her whole life that she doesn't know what it's all about and that she had better get his brand of spirituality. Well, there is yet time. And dad may feel that for years his drinking has placed him on the wrong side of every argument, but that now he's become superior person with God on his side. Instead of treating the family as he should, he may retreat further into himself and feel he has spiritual justification for doing so. Hmm. And this is where I've heard stories of fathers with you know, decades of time who really abandon their family so that they can go to meetings every night and they can be a service and they can do a 12-step call and they can uh, uh, whatever, whatever. Hmm. You know, I think the interesting thing is that Bill Wilson never had children. And uh, I think even in Al-Anon, let's talk about Al-Anon, that Al-Anon was created by Lois, who put up with his shit forever. And so she was a victim, and anyone who goes to Al-Anon is taught, is taught victim consciousness in many, many ways. I think there are some aspects of Al-Anon that can be helpful, but as an overall program, uh, it's pretty pretty outdated. Uh Let's see. Um, and the fact that she put up with his crap, I mean, for all those years, was a victim. And then Bill, where was I? Here I am. Though the family has no religious connections. Um, oh, here we are. Yeah. All right. Um, Though the family may have no religious connections, they may, they, may, they may wish to make connect contact with or take members in a religious body. Alcoholics who have derailed their religious people will be helped by such contacts. Being possessed of a spiritual experience, the alcoholic will find he has much in common with these people, though he may differ with them on many matters. Hmm. How's he going to differ with them? This is the whole thing that I'm, you know, you're different. Oh, we're different. We're so different. You know how we are, wink, wink. And I'm like, no. I, I remember, like, really early on, I was like, no, I'm not really different, okay? That's, like, such bullshit. If he does not argue about religion, he will make new friends and is sure to find new avenues of usefulness and pleasure. He and his family, blah, 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 blah. Oh, my God. He may bring new hope and new courage to many a priest, minister, rabbi who gives his all to minister to our trouble world. God didn't do, God didn't do it. Avoid, then, the deliberate manufacture of misery. But if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence okay there we go there's like 
This is like really serious evangelical shit. We are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is a most powerful health restorative. We who have recovered from serious drinking are miracles of mental health. Try to remember though God has wrought miracles among us, we should never belittle a good doctor or psychiatrist. That's it? That's all you're going to say about a good doctor or a good psychiatrist? Now that you're all, you've been playing God and you've been playing pop psychiatrist here for you know and taking over medicine and t- telling doctors uh, in 2014 that they have to attend a religious organization if they have a problem with alcohol or drugs or you're making everybody get drug tested because you're a stepper I mean this is this stuff part here we are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is the most true okay well that's nice I think that people who you know, I pray or meditate or, you know, they have something nice about them. But, you know, there can be people who aren't, who are just as nice. I think that's a really, uh, not a racist statement, but what do you call it? A really arrogant statement. Um, to try to remember that through God, um, there's like only this last line. Wow, it's just so small about a doctor or a psychiatrist. Here's like the worst it's a vision for you. All right? A vision for you is read in every AA meeting, I think. Uh, like, the preamble is, and half of the preamble is just nonsense. It's lies. And half of the traditions are read, and Chapter 5 is read at every meeting. A vision for you, in California at least, is read at the end, and I've heard it way too many times. So here we go. The final... Part three to Is Alcoholics Anonymous a religion? Is it religious or spiritual? What's the difference? There is no difference. And the courts know that. So if you want any of my literature, um, I've made uh, for DUIs. It's a really great pamphlet. Or if you want, make a safer pamphlet. Or I made another little pamphlet for um, Is 12-Step Not Working for You? At makeaasafer at gmail.com. Also, if you'd like to donate to the film, I would appreciate it. It'd be great. We've begun to edit. We're going to do the animation sequence and motion graphics. I will be traveling to a few more cities, I think about six more cities, uh, finish filming in the next three weeks, and finish the film by August. Uh, People have been donating. I want to thank everybody who's been donating through the IDA, and you can find that on 13 Step to Film website. Uh, If you want to send it or do it through PayPal through the IDA, or you can send it directly to Inwood Girl Productions. That's my production company. And there's an address there, and you can just make it out there. But that way you don't get a tax donation. If you want to be a tax-deductible donation, it has to go through the IDA, which is the um, Documentary Association. All right, here we go. Final, Final page. The age of miracles is still with us. Okay, I hear the wind blowing, Molly. I get that feeling here. Uh, He would phone a clergyman... His sanity returned, and he thanked God. Selecting a church at random from the directory, he stepped into a booth and lifted the receiver. He called to the clergyman, led him presently to a certain resident of the town, who, though formerly able and respected, was then nearing the nadir of alcoholic despair. A spiritual experience, he conceded, was absolutely necessary. Oh, 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 hold on. Let's, we have to stop here. A spiritual experience, he conceded, was absolutely necessary. But the price seemed high upon the basis suggested. He saw that he would have to face his problems squarely.
warily that God might give him mastery. Oh, my Lord. Both saw that they must keep spiritually active. The use of spiritual principles in such cases. You know, it would be nice that if this were true, that in AA people were like really spiritual people, but they are not. They are not. They're the most angry group of people. I have said this before. I'm saying it again. They are the angriest group of people I have ever seen on the planet. There's so many mentally ill people there, and there's people who don't know why they're still there. There. And then there's people looking for help. And then there's people who's court-ordered. And then there's people who've gotten out of rehab, and they don't know why they're sitting there. Ah, the use of spiritual principles in such cases was not so well understood as understood as it is now. God ought to be able to do anything. Oh, my Lord. On the third day, the lawyer, um, let's see, it says, the direction of his creator, it just says, that, and he and said he was perfectly willing to do anything necessary. He had begun to have a spiritual experience, but he found God, and in finding God, he found himself. The way you fellows put this spiritual stuff makes sense. They experienced a few distressing failures, but in those cases they made an effort to bring the man's family into a spiritual way of living, thus reliving much worry and suffering. In addition to these casual get-togethers, it became customary to set one night apart, one night a week for a meeting to be attended by anyone or everyone interested in a spiritual way of life. So they went to meetings once a week, not every night, not three nights a week, not three meetings a day. They got together on a casual basis one night a week. You know, and I remember reading this and saying, you know, guys, when I came to California, people here were so fucking weird. They were like, oh, 90 meetings in 90 days, and we have to go like, and I was like, what? You go to like two or three meetings a day? Like, that many meetings didn't exist when I first went to AA. Okay, they had seen miracles. Uh, they had envisioned the great reality and their loving and all-powerful creator being wrecked in the same vessel, being restored and united under one God with hearts and minds attuned to the welfare of others, the things which matter so much to some people no longer signify much to them. Many of us felt for the first time the presence and power of God within its walls. Understanding our work, he can do this with an eye to selecting those who are willing and able to recover on a spiritual basis. God will determine that. Oh, really? Oh, shit. Now God, now, oh, oh God's going to pick who, who is going to make it and, and not? Oh, my God. So you must remember that you, your reliance is always upon him. He will show you how to create the fellowship you crave. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. God will determine that, and you must remember that your real reliance is always upon him. You know what? When my film is done and it's out and released, I'm going to post this on a Google Doc and just put it up there because anyone gets told by anyone that they have to go to Alcoholics Anonymous. What we have done by pulling all this stuff out is just clear proof how religious it is, and it is highly religious. I want to thank you for joining me tonight. Again, you can download this free on iTunes, share it everywhere, download it here and listen on your computer, listen on your phone later, on your iPhone, on your iPad. I'm Monica Richardson. I'm making the 13th step of film. This is Blog Talk Radio, Safe Recovery. 
Thanks again, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.